Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Open World Podcast. I have a very special treat for you guys today. All of you entrepreneurs and those interested in peak performance will love this interview. I'm joined by Colin Robertson. He's a researcher of performance psychology and the owner of willpowered.co. Colin has spent the last five years researching the science behind how normal people have harnessed their willpower to achieve extraordinary success. He claims that willpower is a science and that he has the answers about what it takes to will yourself through hard times and come out the other side victorious. He shares these simple, proven ways on his blog, and he's going to dish a ton of great stuff out on this interview. And he's also, interestingly enough, used his willpower to successfully crowdfund uh, his book recently, which is The Will of Heroes on Kickstarter. Colin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks, Danny. So I'm here at a Starbucks in uh, Bangkok at 8 p.m., and you're in Tampa Bay. Tell me where you are right now. Uh, I'm actually just in my condo right now. Okay, just just hanging out. Is that near the beach, or uh, do, you, do you? I know you're from Chicago, but are you just? Do you have a condo like that? You you share time in Tampa Bay and Chicago, or how does it work? Uh, so I decided this winter that uh, I needed to get away from some of the distractions uh, and enjoy kind of the nice weather uh, down here in Tampa Bay. Uh, I have some family around here, um, and I have a place. Kind of near downtown Tampa Bay, um, and it is near the beach, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So you just raised $13,000 for your uh, Will of Heroes book, and you wrote an excellent blog post on your blog. I was so inspired by that. I knew that I had to get in touch with you because you were like, you were halfway through this campaign, and you're wondering, you know, is this worth it? Uh, I've, I've raised maybe like two-thirds of the amount, and I'm just like tapped myself out. I tapped out my network. I don't enjoy, you know, asking people for money. And, mm-hmm. and you did it. You, you crushed your goal, man, and it was, it was amazing. But what, what motivated you? What inspired you to get started in this field? What, why willpower? Sure. So I've been an entrepreneur uh, essentially since graduating from college. Uh, I've been involved in different startups from doing uh, food purchasing to uh, actually doing like order, online ordering of, um, of delivery food and stuff like that. So mostly in the technology realm, but always being uh, in the startup game, it's in some way. And, you know, the the likelihood of you being successful in a startup is very low. And I wanted to do what I whatever I could to increase my chances. And in doing so, I came across the science of willpower and in my goal to or quest to become more productive, uh, get more stuff done. Um, become a better leader, that type of stuff. And when I came across the science of willpower, uh, it must have been like, I don't know, Darwin first discovering like evolution because it was just so, so interesting to me. First, I got reading books on it, uh, then audiobooks, and then even like the dry scientific material. Uh, I was still just so passionate about learning everything that I could about it. Um, and then I started saying, like, it would be very, very valuable for me to start sharing some of this, you know, dry scientific information with other people. And so that's when I started a blog about it uh, and then just kept on writing, become, becoming a better writer. Uh, and then it really took off in about April of last year. 
So I'm really interested in this because I think for most of us, willpower is such a difficult thing to figure out. Um, sure. Know, a lot of us can't resist temptations. We feel like we have to use reward systems. I mean, I want to know, like, it's both simple and it's really complicated. On one level, it's just about how we make decisions. But what affects those decisions? Is it physiological? Is it mental? Is it emotional? Um, I mean, it's it's all of the above. Willpower okay. really just it applies to so many different things because all it is is really just making or coming getting the ability to think, decide, and act on what you really want in life. And that what you really want could be to become healthier. It could be to become more productive. It could be to get the you know gather the strength to get out and make a public speech. Um, it applies to so many different realms. It's really just about making the right decision and what it takes to get there. Okay, so what are some of the big things that you advise people on? Because I've, I've read your blog, and um, you have some really interesting insights when it comes to food, when it comes to, um, I mean, you have some great stories on there. What are some of the, the takeaways that you focus on that you prioritize? Uh, I would say the first one is perspective. How you see a situation really matters. Um, you know, <clears throat> one of the easiest ways for you to, say, lose weight is to simply change uh, the way that you would deny a temptation from I can't uh, indulge to I don't indulge. Because when you say I can't, you're really saying that I want, I would want to indulge it, but because of X, Y, and Z plan, uh, or these people, or how I feel like I should uh, be eating, I can't do it, even though it's what I really want. But if you'd say that I don't eat cookies, for example, then you start to identify yourself more as a person who just doesn't eat cookies. And the more that you reinforce that message, the more you, it's just going to be become, you're going to become more of that person that you want to be who's healthy, uh, you know, et cetera. So your self-identity is a big part of the game. Yes. Um, and also just just the perspective that you have. Like if you see exercise, for example, as an obligation, um, it's going to be harder for you to lace up your running shoes than if you see it as an opportunity to become a healthier, better you. Okay. So let me ask you, what are some other ways that we can create or craft a more desirable identity, more powerful identity? Uh, I would say start acting like the person that uh, you want to become. Uh, one of the best things that, that ever happened to me is I actually read uh, a blog post uh, by James Clear. He's obviously a very successful blogger um, in which he talks about uh, becoming or creating a habit uh, of what writers would do, and that's writers write every single day. They, uh, they, he suggested writing a 1,000 words a day. And so when I saw that, uh, I had just begun doing my blog, uh, and I started writing a thousand words every day, making sure that I always hit that number. And by doing so, I started to identify myself more and more as a writer, uh, as well as getting better at do at better at writing because I was doing it so often. Okay, so creating that habit is part of it. You say? Yes, I would. I would just say start or. Part of creating the identity of the person that you want to do is just starting to act like them. Um, and the more and more you do that on a regular basis, the more and more you will actually become that person. I've noticed that some people, when they talk about setting goals, like Brian Tracy and others, I think they say that um, when you write a goal, don't say, I will do such and such. Say, I am doing such and such. Like, uh, I will be a writer. I am a writer. And that, that's one way to reinforce that identity, I think, as well. Exactly, yeah. 
Okay, cool. So yeah, I mean, re- reinforcing that through the through the language you have, the perspective that you have, but also the actions that you take on a regular basis. Now you have some interesting things to say when it comes to uh, comparison. You know, like you have one story. Uh, I think it was Joe DeSena, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the, a lot of these people, like Joe DeSena, he was he was in this marathon. And he was vomiting, and he thought he couldn't go on. But mm-hmm. then he saw a lady with one leg. Uh, running past them, and then that suddenly gave him that willpower to continue. How can we use like this comparison? You know, like how can we look to other people to to will ourselves to a higher level? Uh, I'm. It all comes down to what the problem is that you're facing, and then just putting that problem into perspective. You know, uh, if it feels like you just have no willpower to go to the gym, for example, think about the people who literally have no legs or one leg in the case of, of uh, that lady and how how lucky you are to have legs to bring you to the gym in the first place. Um, just thinking about that from, from that perspective, just like it did with Joe DeSena, um, it will give you more willpower in which to make your way there. Um, it has, comes down to being grateful, but it also comes down to seeing your problem for what it really is and not building it too, up too much in your mind. And has that, uh, has that inspired you? Like, I mean, how does that push you forward when you look at inspirational people and have you been like, you, you look at their stories, is that why you created this book? Because when you look at their stories, does that help you to perform better? Oh, absolutely. Um, best example of this is J.K. Rowling. Um, not many people know this, but she, from the point of her coming up with the idea for Harry Potter and when he finally hit book, bookshelves uh, with, the, with the first book, uh, it was a five-year gap in between there in which she had to live as a single mother on welfare. She was literally at rock bottom. And uh, to know that she, like, she was able to get up every single day and write and be, and be a mother and live in poverty. And I don't have to deal with half as bad of those things. Uh, and to know that she was still able to push herself to keep going and create the, the, one of the greatest works of fiction that uh, the world has ever seen um, without really knowing the end of the story while she was you know, in the middle of going through that process, it, it definitely motivates me to keep on going uh, and put things in the right perspective. What do you think kept J.K. Rowling going during the, that period? What separated her from all the other uh, you know, single single moms in poverty? Sure. Uh, so she claims that uh, in order to muster the willpower to keep on writing, it's because she knew that Harry Potter was such an important idea, and it was, and that his story uh, deserved to be told the right way. That she had to do right by the book. You know, she had to give it her very best shots because that's what it deserved. And clearly, uh, I would, I think the world would agree that, uh, that she was right. <laughs> so part of it comes down to having that big mission. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, cause she knew that the quality of writing Harry Potter was so important. Um, she was willing to push herself through all those tough times. How does a normal person like um, myself or someone else, um, anyone on the, off the street, how do they create that powerful mission the way that J.K. Rowling did that keeps them going during those hard times? Sure. Uh, I, would, I would say that it comes down to uh, what I learned from Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that is to simply begin the start for or the search for a purpose. Um, when he was a young boy uh, growing up in a small Austrian village called Tall, uh, 
basically all of his friends, all of his family, everything, everybody in that village was just groomed to follow their parents' footsteps. His father was a police officer, and so everybody around him expected to become a police officer himself. But he knew, you know, from a very young age, even at the age of 10, that he wanted to get out of Tall. He wanted to do more with his life. He wanted to become something greater. So because he had that mindset that he was, uh, he was on the search for a way out of Tall and to do something important with his life. Then well, one day when he was still a boy, he picked up uh, a magazine article that had Reg Park, who was uh, Mr. Universe, uh, on the cover. And it said, How Mr. Universe Became Hercules. And basically, it explained how uh, Reg Park became a bodybuilding champion and then how he became a movie star after that. And once Arnold Schwarzenegger, since he was on the search for a purpose, once he read that article, he said the whole plan was laid out to him. You know, he was going to become a bodybuilding champion himself and then he was going to become a huge movie star. And from there, that really drove him uh, to, you know, ignore all the naysayers on the way to actually making that a reality for himself. That's fantastic. I'm familiar with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's story a little bit. Not the beginning like you just mentioned, but uh, I've heard interviews where he says that, you know, why were you so confident? And he, he always said that my confidence comes from my vision. You know, he would, actually, sure. he would actually visualize himself, you know, standing at the top of the stage, you know, holding the trophy with all the other bodybuilders looking up to him. So he, mm-hmm. he would visualize himself as the person he wanted to be. And I think that was a big component of his success as well. Absolutely. I mean, because his vision was so clear in his mind of him being on top of the podium, think about think about how many people would have called him crazy along the way from the time he was 10 to the time he was finally a bodybuilding champion. I mean, there there was basically nobody who believed in him except for himself. And he was able to push himself through all that because he had such a strong purpose that he was fighting for. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think so much of it comes down to our narrative. You know, all, the only one that can push us forward is ourselves. And um, I find that, you know, if, if you have negative self-talk, um, you're always going to play small. You know, you're not going to sure. survive. Um, and I find that, you know, if I just like, if I want to do something new, I'll just write down all the reasons why I, I feel I can succeed at it and mm-hmm. just fill my head with that. And then, you know, to do that. But I feel that a lot of people, they don't have that positive self-talk. They have um, you know, these stories that are, are written by other people that have been forced down on them. Um, how, how can someone, you know, kind of break free from that and free themselves? Uh, I mean, it's, it comes down to, they need to be aware themselves of, uh, what they are really looking for out of life. And I think that the, uh, the first step of self-improvement starts with self-awareness. You need to know or look inward and see, you know, are these things that I'm hearing from other people what I really want or do I want something else? Um, and to take that first step, you really need to be aware of who you are and what you want out of life. Self-awareness. Excellent. So that's, mm-hmm. that's almost like uh, mindfulness in a sense, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, mindfulness is being, you know, more conscious of your actions and why you're taking them. But uh, self-awareness is really understanding who you are and what motivates you and being being cognizant of, uh, well, well, being honest with yourself. And what if you you have this vision and you strive to this, for this goal and... um, Maybe you fall short. You know, you didn't complete what you want to do on your to-do list. Maybe you 
failed to resist temptation, uh, given to some pleasure of the flesh, and then you kind of get stressed and you beat yourself up about that. Um, you know, I, I deal with this sometimes myself when I, I might get sick for a few days and, and then suddenly my productivity just stops and then I start getting really stressed out about that. Uh, how, how, did, you know, how do you stop that downward spiral and um, I guess just start again? Sure. So, I mean, this comes down to the one factor that I found across all of the 12 heroes that uh, I studied. Every single one of them at some point failed. Uh, they didn't reach their goal for whatever reason. But they never gave up. They kept on going. And perseverance through all of the failures is the only thing that will get, will get you there. You know, it, I like to say that it doesn't matter how many, uh, or how many steps you take as long as all of them are going forward. Um, failure is, isn't the opposite of success. It's just a part of success. And as long as you can have, again, that self-awareness that this is not the end of the journey, uh, it's just a bump along the road and just keep on going forward. Tell me about your journey when you, uh, when you were starting this blog, Will Powered, and uh, you, know, you had your own stumbles, you had your own failures, you had your own doubts and misgivings about whether this was going to work, whether you could survive uh, financially. Uh, you wrote a really powerful sure. piece about that. Can you tell me about that? Sure. So, uh, like I said, things started really blowing up in April. And I got really, really excited about it because I had two very powerful posts that went viral. And then I started, like, uh, raising capital and, and trying to see, like, what I could make out of this thing and how big I could how big I make it. And then things started going really downhill. I, you know, um, I didn't write as many viral posts as I wanted to and, and as, as I expected and started running – or I had about uh, – it was like 45 days of money left before I would have to really start thinking about uh, what I was going to do with my life if this didn't work out. And uh, after that, I made the conscious decision that uh, I was going to put my best work forward and use that as the thing that uh, either makes or breaks whether or not uh, Will Powered was going to succeed. And that was the book that I've been working on for the last five years, uh, The Will of Heroes. And so I started a Kickstarter. Uh, the Kickstarter started off well, and then uh, it started treading water. <laughs> uh, uh, with like ten days left, I'd only reached uh, half of my goal, and that's when I started to, or took the time, or I took some time for self reflection to see like what was I really doing wrong, and what I realized is that uh, you know. With all of the heroes that I wrote about, they all faced a similar situation as I did with, you know, it, things looked like they were bleak at, at the very end. And they didn't know the end of the story, but somehow they made it work. And so I said, well, this is my, my time to be like, okay, I don't know what the end of the story is going to be. It could be bad. It could be good. But I'm going to share it. And so I started sharing it with my subscribers. I started uh, reaching out to other people on Kickstarter forums and stuff like that uh, to start sharing my story and see if I could help them reach their goals and everything like that. Uh, and by doing that, it took less than five days to raise the rest of the money. Once I started being more vulnerable, once I started reaching out to people trying to help them, all that type of stuff, uh, it just changed overnight, essentially. That's fantastic. I love how you write about the... You write about the struggles mid-journey. 
you know, you don't just talk about, um, you know, how you raised uh, 13,000 and then it was a big success story. Like, you actually shared, mm -hmm. you wrote about what you were going through. And it was so, like, I, I just resonated with everything you said because you, you said you were at this lake house and you realized that this panic came over you that you would be out of cash in a month and a half and forced mm -hmm. to shut down your business because you were operating at a loss. And mm -hmm. then you, you made, like, this dramatic move where you decided, I'm going to publish this book. Um, I'm going to do something big and different. I'm going to launch this Kickstarter. You took that chance and you saved your brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And, and and even, you know, when you struggled, you struggled halfway through. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's great. I, I just, I, I love it. And I just want to give you props. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what it was, have? it was tough, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, the, the tough moments are the ones that define you. What else have you learned as a result of this experience? I would say the biggest thing is uh, the value of vulnerability. Um, you know, we all kind of have this guard up, and uh, I definitely have have it as up as well. Of like, I don't know. You know, even with uh, my subscriber base, do I? How much do I really reveal about this type of stuff? Like, if I tell them that uh, that I had to go through this struggle, are they going to think less of me? Um, and I realized that once you become vulnerable and, you know, kind of let your or put things out there, people are able to, like you said, resonate with you more. They're able to see that um, they're able to see you and or your struggles through their own eyes and to know that, you know, these things don't apply. Don't I'm not just telling you to do these things, but I'm applying them to my own life to go through my own struggles. Fantastic. So uh, I want to – God, there's so much more I want to talk about when it comes to willpower. Uh, how much time sure. do you have? <laughs> uh, I keep on asking questions. I can probably do another 20 minutes or so. <laughs> okay. Um, well, one I want to ask, why is it – how do we resist temptation? You know, well, you said that um, – uh, just say I don't do this. Is that, is mm -hmm. that what you advise people? Yeah, I mean that's – saying I don't eat blank um, is really the quickest and easiest way to do it. Um, other ways are um, don't set yourself up for failure. Um, one of the best things that people can do is plan their meals ahead of time. Uh, if you say you come home from a long day of long stressful day of work and you're hungry, uh, if you have a plan or a set plan of what you're going to eat, it's going to be a heck of a lot easier to execute on that plan uh, rather than say. Uh, come up with what, what you're going to be eating because now uh, you know you're tired and you're stressed, and what you want to eat is junk food or whatever. And um, trying to come up with a plan and then execute on it is going to is going to take more willpower than simply I know what I'm going to eat. Uh, I'm prepared for you know times like this when I'm going to be coming home from work tired and stressed and everything like that, and I know what I, and I'm going to eat this salad or whatever. Okay, so routines are very important for uh, maintaining willpower, and I really like what you said. You made a great point where you said that um, making decisions robs you of energy and, and that willpower. Um, so if, if you can streamline those decisions, uh, you can use that, that energy, that, that decision-making power for more important things. Exactly. Okay. And you also talk about diets. Uh, there was actually an interesting study that you referenced on your blog about um, uh, healthy foods versus uh, high glycemic foods like bagels and pop yes. Can you tell me about that? Like you actually say that this fuels our willpower. Tell me about. Tell me why. Sure. So um, 
what the brain uses for to exert willpower is a chemical called glucose. And glucose is found in all foods, but uh, different foods or different foods give you different types of glucose. Um, help, or normally healthy foods like vegetables, fruits, uh, lean proteins, nuts, stuff like that are going are called low glycemic. And basically what they do is they give you a steady stream of glucose to your brain. So your, your brain has long-term willpower essentially to work with. But uh, high glycemic foods like um, bagels, <clears throat> Pop-Tarts, candy, um, you know, breads, uh, cereals, stuff like that, they are high glycemic, which means they cause a high spike of glucose in your, in your bloodstream that's sent to your brain, which gives you a short-term um, kick of willpower. But then it leaves you with a crash right after that, um, which will deplete your willpower for the long term. Okay, so I'm not a scientist or anything, but isn't glucose a form of sugar? Yes, yes it is, okay. but it, it's what, it's essentially what um, your body breaks down and then sends throughout the bloodstream for energy. Okay, so there's a link with, a uh, link between energy and willpower is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. So when we're fatigued, we're, we're more likely to uh, not have high willpower? Yes. There's a correlation there? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, because so, yeah, uh, um, not to get too scientific, but essentially when your body breaks down um, food and puts it into glucose, 20% of that is sent to the brain. 80% of that is sent to the rest of the body. And so the brain is obviously using a good amount of that. And uh, if, it, if the rest of your body is fatigued, then the, your body is going to be sending more of its uh, glucose to you know, your muscles and stuff like that. So it's going to have less to the brain, and therefore you're going to have less willpower. Okay, so I do know about adenosine triphosphate, and that provides energy for all of the, the cells uh, mm-hmm. in our body and brain. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, based on what you told me, is that glucose provides energy to the cells to the adenosine, maybe it's converted to adenosine triphosphate, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't want to get too scientific, but uh, <laughs> just, just my theory there. Sure. Um, uh, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't heard about that. Um, I know about the glucose part, and that's about it. Okay, yeah, because I wrote a book about sleep, uh, you know, hack sleep. And, okay. Uh, adenosine is actually called the fatigue hormone. So adenosine breaks down, adenosine triphosphate makes you feel tired. Okay. Uh, so, so that's I don't know. That's don't quote me on that. That was just my <laughs> theory that I strung together there for, but I'll, I'll research that later more. Uh, sure. What, what other takeaways can you give me? Like, I mean, you you you've given us some great stuff about you know energy, willpower. Uh, what else can you give us? Sure. Uh, so I would say one of the besides food, besides perspective, one of the most effective ways you can improve your willpower is through meditation. Uh, do you meditate on a regular basis? You know, I do. I find that when I go in the, the sauna uh, for like 10, 15 minutes and I just tune out and just focus on the moment, I feel like that really, really helps a lot. Absolutely. Um, yeah. for, for your listeners who may not know much about meditation, um, meditation is simply the practice of bringing your thoughts to the present. Um, usually this is done in a quiet room by yourself, uh, like Danny said, and a sauna is very, very good. Um, essentially what you're going to be doing is focusing on nothing but your breathing. So you're not thinking about the thoughts of the, or 
planning for the future or reminiscing about the past, uh, you're thinking about what is happening here and now, and the easiest way to do that is through your breathing. And because you're controlling your thoughts and you're putting them towards the present and not letting your mind wander, what you're doing essentially is you're training the brain to uh, focus on what you want it to do and not to wander, and that will help you improve your willpower, improve your decision-making, um, and get control over over your mind and, and focus it on the things you want. What about the days when you struggle to meditate and uh, your, your mind's just wandering off, you know, thinking about all this other stuff and you're not present? Uh, I mean, what, <laughs> does that ever what should you, you do in, in those situations? Does, does that ever happen to you? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people might try to meditate, but then they're like, you know, this is stupid. I don't have time for this or, you know, I have all these problems that I have to deal with and I, I can't, you know, clear that out of my head. I can't focus on that. I mean, I can't sure, focus I mean, on meditating. Honestly, the, the best thing about meditation is how little of it – how little of your time it requires. Um, it only takes 10 minutes per day, and that 10 minutes can go a very, very long way. Um, and you'll see, start seeing the benefits of it uh, essentially right away. <clears throat> Research shows that after three, only three days of doing it for 10 minutes, you'll already start to see the, the willpower benefits from it. Okay, gotcha. Excellent. So it seems like a lot of willpower comes down to... Ha- being mentally healthy, being emotionally healthy, being physically healthy. Did you say? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Um, can you? I, I want to ask you. Can you tell me about a couple of these other stories? Like, I, I was reading your blog about. Uh, I never heard of this guy, but Yuri Robic. Oh, Yuri Robich. Yes. Yuri Robich. Yeah, he was. He was in this race called uh, Race Across America, and this incredible uh, feat that he accomplished. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. Yuri Robich uh, is a Slovenian uh, Slovenian bike rider, and essentially he was the best ultra-endurance uh, athlete maybe in the world. But what uh, the event that Danny's referring to is called is basically it's a race, a nonstop race from San Diego to Atlantic City, so all the way across America. And like I said, it's, it's nonstop, so it is basically the best test of willpower imaginable. You need to go as fast as you can, as long as you can, with as little sleep as you can. Uh, and this man was the best at it. And what the story that uh, I use uh, of Yuri Robich, it usually it usually took like a, or it usually takes about ten days for riders to go from one end to the other. And he was usually doing it in seven. And the reason why he was able to do it so well is because he had mastered his willpower so effectively. And how we did that is uh, when we all hear, uh, when we hear, you know, the voice in our head that says stop, that says I've had enough, I'm, I'm incredibly tired. Um, when we hear that, we still have a lot more actual physical energy at our disposal. Um, the reason why we're hearing the voice to stop, slow down, etc., is because we're you or our brains were evolved to live in the Stone Age. They were evolved to uh, help you rest, recover, uh, and um, survive in the harsh environments that that we used to live in. And it's, it was because you know, for most of existence, we were starving and weak. Um, we didn't know where our next meal was coming, so we wanted our brain started sending messages to our muscles to slow down before they were actually uh, before they actually had to. 
And the way that Yuri Robich uh, fought against his feelings of fatigue, because he knew all of this information, was that he didn't actually give himself control over how fast he went or when he was able to take breaks. His uh, crew that was working with him, they were the ones who got to say, okay, you need to go this fast for this long, and you're allowed to take these breaks. He didn't have any control over that. And because he didn't have any control over that, he was able to bypass those feelings of fatigue, um, and he was able to keep going way longer, uh, way faster than anybody else around him. Does that make sense? So in a sense, he didn't have to make any decisions. and Exactly. They he had took the yeah, he took his decision-making out of it, and so he could focus all of his willpower on simply executing the plan that his crew set out for. Okay, and I, I was reading, you, you told me that he, uh, he slept 90 minutes a day during that race, and he yep. was, was cycling basically all of the rest of the time, mm-hmm. which is incredible. And I actually, I looked him up on Wikipedia, and um, it says that he was laboratory-tested, and his abilities to produce power and transport oxygen were found parallel to other top ultra-endurance athletes worldwide. So mm-hmm. let, let me ask you about that. What do they mean by transport oxygen? Do you have any, like, hacks or tips that you can recommend to, I guess, transport oxygen to the blood cells to create this extra energy? Uh, well, so I don't know much about the biological aspect of it, but I'm assuming that the reason why he was able to do that so well is because he trained so hard to do it. But I think what you can take away from that uh, Wikipedia article is the fact that he was on the same level of transporting oxygen and stuff like that, the same physical level as everyone else, yet he still beat them by three days because he won the mental battle. He won the, the, he won the ability to keep on pushing even though your body was saying, for the love of God, stop. Okay, yeah. So again, it came down to that narrative as well, I think, because um, on your blog you said that he wanted to prove everyone wrong, that mm-hmm. um, you know, who, who told him that he wouldn't amount to anything. Exactly. Uh, okay. Excellent. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to look up like scientific articles about uh, about delivery of oxygen, uh, but I think there's there's something interesting there uh, sure. to to increase that. Well, excellent. So this this was a great interview. Um, you now let me ask you a little bit more about uh, you know your business and what you've got going on. You mentioned before sure. the call that uh, you gained thirty seven thousand subscribers. Was this mm-hmm. during your Kickstarter campaign or in the pre launch? No. So so I was about uh, I was about at about twenty thousand before the Kickstarter campaign, and I've almost doubled it since then. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah. what has uh, worked really well for – how did you do that? You know, what, how did you get up to 37,000 subscribers? Uh, I mean it's, it's a combination of making sure that I'm incredibly consistent. Um, you know, I put out two new articles essentially every single week, um, always trying to do new information, trying to, trying to figure out ways to um, put out things that are relatable yet new. Um, but also understanding or understanding what uh, what channels really work well, what area, what uh, you know, where I can market uh, my material that works and what doesn't, um, and it's just 
tweaking and everything like that since. Uh, and obviously with the Kickstarter, got a lot of notoriety from that. Um, a lot of people have come from, like, like yourself, uh, come from those articles that I wrote, even on Kickstarter forums, um, and then found me that way. What worked best as far as getting you publicity for your brand? Um, were you on, like, uh, did you do, like, guest, guest posting? Did you do media pieces, anything like this? Um, guest posting definitely has, has been good. Um, I would say the best thing that I have done um, is cite my sources on my blog. Um, so with, with every article, I always uh, add sci- the scientific research behind it. I always link to those studies. And so just slowly over time, um, not only do people or does that add a little bit more quality to the, uh, the blog posts that I do, but also um, people like the Huffington Post, for example, when they are referencing uh, willpower, they know that they can link to my site because um, it's got scientific information in there and it's a valuable resource. So there's just more and more articles out there that are about willpower that are sending people back to my site because they know that it's, it's uh, a credible resor- uh, resource. Well, that's a great tip there for, for blogging. Mm-hmm. And also when you, you cite the source, I'm sure that the source that you cited, they get a link, you know, they get notified that they, that you link to them mm-hmm. and, and they would be willing to maybe share your post as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Do you have any other tips that you've, any big wins from, uh, running your online business, from running your blog, launching a Kickstarter, anything you want to share <laughs> for the entrepreneurs out there? Um, I, I would say that it's not really about big wins. It's all about the small wins. Um, you know, it's just little, little things, um, that you do on a regular basis that eventually add up to long-term success. And, you know, I'm seeing the the ripple effect of doing the right things, you know, last summer or, uh, slowly building up, um, good channels for people, for people to come in and learning like from the data, what's working and what's not, uh, just, it's all about making small wins. And like I said, taking one step forward every single day. All about the small wins. Love that. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Colin. I mean, you've turned this business around. You've successfully funded your Kickstarter. What's next Mm -hmm. for you? Are, Are you going to, um, where do you see this business going? So, uh, this is, this is actually a great question. So once, um, once I'm done with the will of heroes and I have it out, um, I was really wondering, you know, what, where, where do I go next with this? And, uh, you're obviously familiar with Louis CK, right? Louis CK. No, I don't think I am. Oh, he's, he's a really famous comedian, um, in, in the States. Anyway, he had, he was, uh, really unsuccessful for the first 15 years that he was comedian. And what he did was during those 15 years was that he slowly built up, um, his comedy routine and he was always working on the same routine every single year and, and, uh, just slightly improving it. And then he, uh, he learned from one of his mentors that one of, or one of his like heroes, uh, in the world of comedy was George Carlin. Have you heard of him? Yes, I definitely heard of George Carlin. <laughs> okay, so George Carlin, um, he, he had one comedy special per year, and he always put out 
uh, or he had one comedy set or uh, special per year, and that once he did that special, he threw out all of the material from the last year, and he had to start completely fresh. And what that did was that made him dig deeper and deeper and deeper to find out what, like, what were the new things that he could uh, make funny. And so once Louis C.K. heard that, he was like, how the, how the heck am I supposed to do something like that? You know, it took me 15 years to come up with this really bad material. How can I do something better in one year? But he told himself, like, okay, I'm going to try to follow this, this uh, going to try to follow George Collins' footsteps and see if this works for me. And so he threw out all of his material and he had to dig deeper. So he had to go to, like, talk about things like his family. He had to talk about things like uh, the neighbor kids, like all these, all these little things uh, that were one step deeper. And it only took him four years from when he first heard that and threw out all of his material until he became, like, really, really – or one of the top comedians uh, in America. And so that really taught me that, okay, once, once I'm done with this, these stories, it's time to dig one, one level deeper to, you know, explore topics like uh, raising willpowered children – uh, going into areas like depression or addiction and all these other places that you can go with willpower. So that's what the next plan is, is once I'm done with the Will of Heroes, it's time to go one level deeper. So do you think you're actually going to be working with associations like, uh, say, Alcoholics Anonymous or other associations to help people uh, get uh, off? <laughs> that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely a route that I can go. Um, I'm, I'm focused on getting this part done, and then once I throw out all my material, I'll see what I do with the blank space in front of me. Well, the sky's the limit, my friend, and you definitely got a good head on your shoulders. You've got the willpower behind you, and uh, there's, there's no limit to where you can take this, I think. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so definitely everyone go check out Colin's blog, willpower.co. He's got some great exercises on there techniques to strengthen your willpower, foods to eat, so much great stuff. Really love what, you've put it, what you're putting out there. And Thank you. Any, anything else you want to, to tell people or leave them with, you know, anywhere they should go to check out your work? Uh, just go to willpowered.co. You mentioned that you had a launch uh, as well, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm launching a new course um, that's specifically focused on helping you stay persistent and stick with your New Year's resolutions. Uh, you can find it at willpowered.co. Excellent. Thank you so much for your work, Colin. It's great stuff. Thanks, Danny. Great talking to you.